that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you can run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand up. Hitting buck, hit the. Welcome, everybody, to Jeff vs. the World presents a bully and a hipster sports talk podcast number five. And like always, I got my man Shahid here. What's going on, Shahid? Nothing much. Sounds like you're in a better mood than last week. I guess you you found that Kurt Cousins crack rock and you back on that high, huh? <laughs> I would just say it's always good when your team wins, irregardless of for your trash quarterback. Um, But what I will say about uh, Minnesota is I do like the – Coaches didn't coach like cowards. Uh, they were a little more play friendly for the quarterback. They figured, you know, it was time for him to throw the ball. I guess they couldn't take that much uh, stuff they were getting in the media about it. So it is what it is. Uh, we got a win. I mean, we was going against the Giants. The Giants with a rookie, a rookie quarterback, and no Saquon Barkley. So. Could y'all beat y'all beat the legendary the the rookie phenomenon Daniel Jones? Then you hear them say that you know. I was like, what? It's funny. You can be a white quarterback and just chew gum and jump up at the same time, and they make you out like you Tom Brady. You know, the whole week I had to, I had to hear from Giants fans talking about Danny Dimes. I'm just and I just looking at them. Uh, I bet I was just laughing the whole time because I heard the thing. Oh, Danny Dimes, Gotham's new knight. You know, Eli, who you, you gonna lead him to the promised land? I'm like, not, not without Saquon Barkley. He not. And I'm like, just relax, just chill out. Well, like, no, you know, it's, one is New York, two is New York, so it's always gonna be overhyped. And Daniel Jones, you know, he looks like he's competent in his first two games. So people love rushing to conclusions because it makes for a nice storyline. So I actually enjoyed Minnesota smacking them around as they should have. Yeah, it was a game we should have won. Um, like I said, I was impressed uh, as far as the coaching. Um, <laughs> next week is going to be the big test because surprise, surprise, we play the Eagles. Uh, um, is Stephon, was Stephon Diggs impressed by the um, play calling in the game plan? <laughs> What's funny about this is both receivers were unhappy. And Thielen, <laughs> they really catered to Thielen. And Diggs, I, was, I mean, they threw him some passes, but it – it just seemed like they were trying to get the ball to Thielen. I get it, you know. Uh, that's their top receiver on paper. But you have two great receivers, so you would think that you want to keep the one, the other, both of them happy. And I think Diggs is playing the game now because, you know, after the game he was like, of course, you know, of course I want to be in Minnesota. And then wink, <laughs> winking in the camera. And I'm just like, yeah, you got to do this now because there's no need to sit here and get fined $200,000 and – bring an uproar about it, you know, just 
play your game and keep all that other stuff outside of there. Because I'm sure he, ha- you know, he he doesn't. As far as it's his teammates, he don't want, he don't want to bring that energy to them. As far as that goes, but we'll see how it goes because we playing the top team uh, next week. <laughs> it won't be the Giants. Yeah, I mean, here you go. All you have to do is play, you know, take it a week at a time in the National Football League. And are you back on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon? Because you look like a, a credible quarterback. Do you, do you like him now? No, not at all. <laughs> you not fooled? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, you know, like I said, initially, and even last year, after last season, I was like, oh, it's his first season. I kept giving excuses. But then I was just like, you know, no, he is who he is. There's no need for me to sit here and try to think any different. If it becomes a shootout, nine times out of ten, we're going to lose. Just because it's just Kirk Cousins. He's going to make a mistake. Or he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I will say this. You guys have an advantage passing game-wise because the Eagles are still kind of banged up cornerbacks. So that's, you know, you give Kirk Cousins time. He can make things happen. The time will be the issue because, you know, Minnesota's line is kind of shaky. If, shaky. So, so we will see about that. I wouldn't expect Dalvin Cook. Like, if if Mike Zimmer thinks Dalvin Cook is going to lead them to the promise in the land next week, I would not. I would tell him to change that line of thinking because <laughs> he he ain't gonna run no thirty times to victory against the Eagles. That's one one thing about the Eagles; they have an excellent, you know, rush defense, and it's been like that for like years. So no. I hope you don't that route. What's funny about that is it's like I'm seeing the the whole this whole story again. We did the same thing with Adrian Peterson when we had bum quarterbacks. Now. Some games, yeah, Adrian Peterson did carry us. Yeah, no question about it. But not not in 2019. Dalvin Cook is not Adrian Peterson, and I wouldn't even try to put that on nobody. You know, put that on him because he's you know he's his own running back. But you just got to open up the playbook. That's all you got to do. If good or bad, you got to order. You you paying up this money. You paying Kirk Cousins this money. No matter how I feel about him, no how any Minnesota fan feel about him. You paid him to play, not manage. <laughs> Look, you got to make do. Sometimes you got to kind of like adjust your thought process. You know, the money is the money. You're not getting the money back. And I know it irks fans to have him just be a game manager. But if that's the best path to victory, you might as well embrace that. Because quite frankly, that's, you know, what you going to force the issue? Like you going to. No, not. Not. <laughs> Not for us, but what I'm saying is he, the coach, Zimmer has a tendency. He's he's he likes to run the ball, and he was in the 70s. Yeah, there you go. You said it. He would rather run the ball 20, 25, 30 times and have Kurt throw. It's nothing wrong with running the ball, as established by both the Colts and the 49ers and other teams. If you're actually like you can be you can be a run dominant team, still be innovative, not this whole be running off tackle eleven times. <laughs> like all that whole, you know, Madden League counterplay from like Madden ninety five over and over and over again. Or like, you know, coward draws is all like the kind of like that's the thing. It's not necessarily that you guys just run. It's that Zimmer's just, you know, he 
your old fashioned decent defensive coach is like, yeah, back in my day, we run the ball. That's how you establish the, the win by running. I'm like, nah. <laughs> That's he's not smart enough to just get by on that. And that team's not built for that. So Dalvin Dalvin Cook is gonna get run into the ground with that thought process, which you know, teams have because they look they think incorrectly that getting a running back is just easy. And I would have thought we learned our lesson by now. Cause like I said, if great running backs were replaceable, the Rams wouldn't have the problems they're having. Ooh. Just to throw that out there. You know, Pittsburgh wouldn't be having the issues they're having. Like teams like, oh, you just put anybody back there. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You can do that. You can do that if the running back is decent. If the running back is great, you ain't just putting, it, you know, I can, yeah, I got this great guy. I can just put this decent guy, do the exact same thing. That is not how it works. They've seen so much of the Patriots, they think. They, if you ain't got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, stop. Cut it out. Yeah, so, well, we, it's funny. I forgot about this game coming up. So, next week, it's in Minnesota. So, you get to hear the. You know that over and over again. Just to be, just to be, just to be, just to put this out in the air. There, you will be blocked for two hours because I just gotta. You gonna irk me, boy. You better hope you don't throw any picks because I'm gonna be laughing. I mean, here's the thing: it's it'll probably be a close game. Both teams, you know, Minnesota did get a win. Minnesota has some advantages that works against the Eagles' disadvantages, but then Minnesota's main advantage runs right to the Eagles' strength. Like, Minnesota likes establishing the run game. Teams don't run on the Eagles, for the most part. So, if you expect, if Kirk Cousins has to throw 35 to 40 times, that just leads to a recipe for mistake. You know, they'll get some, you know, I'm sure Stephon Diggs will get some, you know, some plays. I'm sure Adam Thielen will get some, and then I can go on Twitter and hear about how the best running back in Rob was even the league are both white, which are lies, but, you know, we've been saying that this year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the whole thing, because it's like, you know, out of the top 10 quarterbacks, like seven of them are black in the top oh, skill. Man. The top skill players are white. So what's going on in NFL in 2019? But it's like, I'll take my chances in the shootout, you know. All things considered, you know the Eagles are still a little banged up, this, and this is a rough stretch because it's three straight road games. How? I guess. No, no, no. I just thought about some. How foolish is Boomer Esiason got to feel right now? <laughs> it's not just him; it's a lot of people. But I mean, he just—you know—he just... he pointed out Deshaun Watson, and I'm just like. Yeah, you you you've got to shut up now for at least a week. <laughs> you can't say yeah, nothing. but it's kind of like I would just say this moving off from the Vikings game. You would think we're past all that, but look what look what's happening to the Redskins. The ring has he's he's not smart enough to play yet. He's not he doesn't have enough wisdom to read defenses. I'm like that was one of his main traits of Ohio State was his intelligence. We still doing this? Mm-hmm. Basically, he too dumb, so we gonna wait. Like, what do y'all? What do y'all? And then people point out like, no, it's not the same. Look at Nathan Peterman. I'm like, look how many chances Nathan Peterman got. I'm gonna hit <laughs> Like, it's plenty. Like, I've made the point before. When? How many? You have to be if you're a white quarterback. You have to be dumb, dumb to get called dumb. 
Like you got to be like, I eat rocks instead of kick rocks. Every other time it's kind of like, oh, he's not in the right system. He didn't have the right support system. He didn't have enough help. He just needed a chance and everything like that. You black, you dumb. Uh, and before anybody, you know, whoever listens may think we're saying it. We're saying it's just the way how things are worded. It's certain things that they say for white quarterbacks they don't say for black quarterbacks. And it's like I, I've said, when's the last time you heard a black quarterback called smart? <laughs> yeah, we brought that up before. I'm still waiting. Like, you know, now it's kind of like, oh, they're using that athletic ability. Athletic. And their skill set. The exotic skill set. Like. Or I thought about this one a couple of weeks ago. Um, they always love to say if you have to cater cater the uh, cater the offense to fit his his certain skills. <laughs> you know, know what you're supposed to? That's what I thought. But I just know they always make it. I, I remember that was a big thing. We you know RG three and you know oh you know they're doing this little read you know the read option and all this stuff for these quarterbacks now because these are quarterbacks coming out of college and this is all they yeah. ran in college. And I'm just like, yeah, but it's a lot of white quarterbacks that were running that too in college. Yeah, here's the thing. If you use the same recipe for frying chicken as you do for making spaghetti, you're going to come out with two completely different things. And one's going to be a mess. Of course you cater based on what you have. Like if I have a rose, I'm going to treat it differently than if I have a cactus. That's just common damn sense. You maximize the strength and minimize the weaknesses. We hear that in wrestling all the time. We hear that from Bill Belichick. Like smart people, you know, all the time. Andy Reid does that. Doug Peterson does that. Like, the, you know, Sean McVay does his damnness to do that. So does Kyle Shanahan. So does Bill Belichick. All these other dummies like, oh, we're just going to put this round peg in a square hole and then wonder why it don't fit. Like, because it don't fit. Like, you just being arrogant and being dumb and – we still, and I just hear this whole. We still need to get out the thought process. Oh, you gotta. If you got Lamar Jackson, you gotta do certain things. Well, guess what? If you got Drew Brees, you gotta do certain things because he ain't running a read option. He forty. He almost forty years old and slow. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's the same thing about how you don't see Peyton Manning running around because he can't. <laughs> he was slow. That's why he didn't run around. It wasn't like, oh, I run a four three forty, but I don't feel like it. Remember, <laughs> when, remember when Steve Young and uh, uh, John Elway they were just so, they were so smart and they were so athletic. They knew they know when to use their legs. Yeah, yeah, I'm like Carson Wentz runs whenever he needs to run all the time, and people are and even people are like, oh, well, he needs to not do. I'm like, you just want him to get sacked. What do you want him to do? Like <laughs> stay out of the pocket. <laughs> yeah, stay out of the pocket like, to take a hit. You get hurt in the you get hurt if you run out the pocket. You get hurt in the pocket. Tom Brady blew out his knee in the pocket. Randall Cunningham got hurt in the pocket. <laughs> Twice. So um, that's kind of like it's it's football. You get hurt. You get hit, it's a chance you can get hurt. And I would thought we moved past this argument. You know, we're seeing smart people maximize talent. But it's because it works both ways, too, because Josh Allen would probably do a lot better in Buffalo if they used him like Lamar Jackson. Like if his name was, you know, La Joshua Allen and he was like light skin. <laughs> we'd have a completely different conversation and they'd be using him a different way probably to his benefit. But since he's not, it's like, oh, oh I don't know. Even though he got, he basically played, put it this way. If you saw a Josh Allen highlight reel 
and you didn't know what color he was, and you look at like his stat line, you would have certain stereotypes about him that wouldn't match what you saw once the visor came off. Because mm-hmm. he has athletic ability, like he has a great arm that's inaccurate. He's very mobile, but they want to treat him they like he Jim Kelly. He ain't Jim Kelly. And just accept, oh, no, only black people run around. <laughs> like, this, get old, like, this is not the 70s. I thought we was done with this with Randall Cunningham, and then we still doing this. I, I heard oh, yeah. Cunningham, I heard what Michael Vick, Don McNabb changed his whole career to get past that, you know, that stereotype. He forced himself to become a pocket passer to his detriment. Just so people want to say he was a running QB and he just did stuff with his legs. He actively fought against his true potential just to prove that point. That's how deleterious that nonsense is. And we still doing it. Can you imagine? Uh, I'm just, I, John Elway's always going to stick in my head. If they just told him, don't run, you're going to stay in the pocket. Stop running. And like, throw the hoop. Like, and I'm kind of like, that, no, that's stupid. Like, John Elway, Billy was, like, running because you look at his talent. Like, offensively, he didn't really have a whole lot to, like, near the end. It was like, ugh. I never – let me put this way. There's a reason I never used them on Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl. Because <laughs> their skill plays were garbage. They had nice – they had nice uniform on the game. I'm like – no, John Elway was inaccurate as hell, and he had nobody to throw to. Like, yeah, man. No. Tecmo, but we was all using the the uh, Raiders for Bo Jackson. Don't I mean, know. you could also you could all use the some people use the Forty ers or the Bears, so or use yeah. the John or use the Giants to block extra points and field goals all the time. So, <laughs> but kind of like, yeah. So it's it's always this push and pull, and it just amazed me. This NFL is this billion-dollar business being run by too many numbskulls. And between that and the referees where they get a ball and it's like, oh, I don't know if it's the 39 or 40. I'll just wing it and, and just put it at a spot. How we have all this technology, we still doing this? You know, I'm just so surprised of how worse the, that the referees have been this season. And it's still early. I was like, yo, what the hell is wrong with these refs? I've seen a lot of blown calls, and I'm not not. I mean, I know you're gonna get that. You're gonna get blown calls. You're gonna get bad calls. But this year, it just seemed like every game I watch or turn it to, it's just like, ugh, the refs just sucking. I'm glad. Up. I'm glad you brought that up because it leads me to the Eagles game. Because I'm watching the game, and you remember when I sent you the text? Like, damn it! And you're like, why? I'm gonna tell you why. Here's a third down play. Went to a bomb to Aguilar. Missed, you know, missed him, like overthrew him. At first you think, oh, he overthrew him like a few yards. Probably would have been a touchdown if he caught it. And people are like, oh, they went overthrow it. Aguilar not get, you know, get a proper, you know, release or not track the ball. They show the replay. What happens is Trumaine Johnson gives him a two-hand shove when he runs right by him, throws off his route by enough time to not get the ball. Doug Peterson throws the challenge flat for pass interference. Since he hadn't thrown the ball yet when he got shoved, it wasn't technically pass interference. It was a legal contact, but you can't call that since that's not part of the rule. And people are like, what kind of numbskull nonsense is this where everybody knows a penalty? Everybody knows it affected the play. 
but you can't use common sense to call it because te- technically it's like, oh, your hands are tied. And I'm like, what are we then what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, seriously, like if, and that's my issue too many times with referees, it's kind of like they do not use common sense as some of the reasoning they use. And it's just like they're winging it and everybody's just just like, oh, you can't call everything. You can't, um, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And I'm already mad about this stupid policy anyway because of the damn Saints. This oh, is the Saints. It's a Sean yeah. Payton's he whined so much that Congress looked into it and everybody complained like, oh, all right, shut up. We'll go ahead and do it. And it's just been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like the time I haven't seen any team, you know, I hear Green, Green Bay fans are still complaining about it with good reason because they got screwed when they played us a couple times. We've been screwed plenty of times. Like I haven't heard a team that's been like, you know what? This rule is good. It's just been, and I've just been like, I don't like complaining about the refs because it seems like it's easy. But the last time the refs were this bad was when they had the replacement refs. Ooh, there you go. And what did it take for that to change? Remember that Hail Mary <laughs> on Monday Night Football <laughs> where some like somehow that's a touchdown Green Bay won even though Seattle, like, we're like, Seattle ended up with the ball they had possession. How is this a touchdown for Green Bay? And people got so pissed. They're like, you know what? Give them what they want. That shit ended. That shit ended the next day. Uh, I just don't and like it. And I'm just waiting. This is going to happen in the Super Bowl or like a big playoff game. And it's, ooh, boy, can you just imagine? Like if some, you know, some get like a like some playoff game gets changed off like some bad pass interference on a hail mary. <laughs> like, imagine, like, like, just imagine, like if the Cowboys got screwed over something like that we wouldn't hear it to it we wouldn't hear the end of it ever <laughs> ever ever so I hope they clean up their act with this but anyway back to the game like Eagles game it's funny because I was watching I was like they ain't losing this team I was laughing the whole week Eagles fans oh you know it's a trap game and you remember last time we got confident Joe Webb beat us and that's why we get a bye and yes Eagle fans are still mad about that snow game against the Vikings with Joe Webb as a quarterback you know how long ago that was that's when Michael Vick was that's when Michael Vick became the start on the Eagles that's how long ago that was they still bring up that game because you know for people don't remember it was supposed to be a game on Sunday they had a blizzard. It was so bad that they moved it to like what Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Joe Webb came to Philly, and they just like if the Eagles had won that game, they would have had like you know they would been the number two seed and had a bye. They lost somehow, end up playing Green Bay, and then lost to the Green Bay. The year Green Bay won the Super Bowl, Joe so, Webb. Shout out. Yeah, Joe Webb. Mm-hmm. Joe <laughs> Webb. And who was it that got a sack fumble return? Was It was the cornerback of safety for the Vikings. But anyway, yeah, people still bring on Joe Webb. So Eagle fans like, oh, whenever they say we're going to win, we're going to lose. And I'm like, they not. The Jets have scored one offensive touchdown the whole season so far. One. But not I'm one a- per game. One. I'm gonna tell you what plays a fact. It plays a factor in that too. It's the fact that a lot of these uh, fans they watch Fox and ESPN, and all it takes is one one analyst to say this is a trap game, and they run with it. 
not all the fans, but a lot of the, you know, some of the fans, and you know, especially on social media. This is a trap game. Yeah, man, because the A, B, C, and D. Stop it. It's the not G- only that, and Eagle fans are just, they, it's funny that we're covering Rocky because Eagle fans are just this miserable. We expect the worst to happen, and being an Eagle fan is heartbreaking disappointment. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> the, like, the Eagles have been consistently good or decent since, like, what, almost the past 20 years? Like, they won a Super Bowl two years ago. They almost went to the NFC tie, NFC conference game with a beat-up team, a backup quarterback, just last year. They're contending this year. What is this old, oh, the Eagles really trash. And, this, you know, watch Luke Falk throw for 345 yards. <laughs> Ten sacks. Is that an age <laughs> thing? Maybe think it's like an age no. thing. It's not. No. Okay. That's that's a Philly thing. Philly, especially when it comes to Philly sports, they just have this whole we're losers and we always lose. You know, at crunch time, we'll never win, and we just used to you know things not working right. And imagine saying that at Philly sports now, when the Eagles and Sixers are doing what they're doing. And you still got this whole disguise font. They're like, nobody is trying. No. Sixer fans are funny because they kind of like got a chip on their shoulder because like they're good and people can't make fun of them anymore. They like that bully that can, they're like that kid that got bullied and now they're bullying people, even though they haven't that technically earned it yet. Eagles fans are just like, they're always miss. And I'll say this, it's not all Eagles fans. It's the one you see on social media. You saw the pictures I showed you from yeah. Eagles messages unlocked. It's them, bunch of white guys. That's just like angry <laughs> and secretly racist and just expecting the worst. And I'm and I'm thinking like, y'all really think we losing to the Jets? Like, do people not? Maybe because people hadn't paid attention to the Jets. That team is bad. I feel bad for Le'Veon Bell. I'm like he, it got to. I think it was like, it was almost. It wasn't until like the second quarter that somebody beside him got yardage. That team is just bad, bad. Like, yeah, and they were talking about maybe Sam Darnold, maybe he'd be ready for this week. I'm like, you want that man to die? Leave that man alone. Yeah, let him come back from his enlarged spleen. Luke Falk got sacked nine, nine times. Eagles had 10, Eagles only had like four sacks going into that game. And they was getting pressure all game long. Orlando Skandrick. Um, he had two sacks. Two. It, a touch. Cowboy fans like I thought he was dead. <laughs> yeah, so I'm and he like Eagles played sloppy offense, but it was like by design because like they ain't sh- they not trying to show anything special as the Jets. Because once you up two scores, game over. The only reason yeah. the Jets scored a touchdown is because it's like a muff punt. That's it. The Jets weren't driving the entire day. And they, you know, and Adam Gaze is a coward that people thought was smart because he had Jay Cutler play decent one year. <laughs> Him and his crazy eyes. So I was like, I was not. It was, you know, like sometimes when you have a good team, they plan to get that team. But not like team that's sometimes bad, but like a bad team, you know, like. You know what's going to happen. Like, it was one of those sloppy games where you get slightly frustrated and you realize they ain't losing to the Jets. Like, so what are we doing? So they just, so Eagles fans complain, oh, the offense looked like trash and da, da, da. 
And it was like, if you had a look at the score, you think it was like 13 10. The game was never close. Ever. But it's gonna be one of those, it's gonna be one of those years. So like the Eagles are still trying to get back their health. Deshaun Jackson's not gonna play this week either. They say he might be back for Dallas. So once that happens, once the Eagles get their skill set straight, they'll be fine. And once they get healthy on defense, they'll be fine. And I just laugh because people worry about, oh, what if the Cowboys leave? They might run away with the division. I'm like, yeah, all right. They go, they go run somewhere. Man, oh, man. Speaking right of back, them. Right 500 like they, like they belong. I'll let you start with that because I was laughing because you kept, oh, you know, Dak's going to lead them to a store. <laughs> yes, I used my Pollock Choi voice. Oh, you know, you got to worry about Dak Prescott. He's going to lead him to something. Mm-hmm. Where he lead him to, Jeff? <laughs> look, 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 look. I told you. Man. Look, man, he, he black, so I'm gonna support Dax, man. Look, I don't care what you say, man. I Wait, wanna... is he? You sure? Because you uh... asked him day of the week when when he throws touchdowns, it's it's his white side. Ooh. When he throws interceptions, it's because the black part of his family took over, like he revolver ocelot. Well, look, I I've come to the to the understanding that. I don't think he's as bad as people try to make him out, and I don't think he's as good as people try to. You know, I think he's that in the middle. He's a he's a mid quarterback, and he really should have signed that extension. Because, woo. look, Jerry Jones know how much he's worth. If one, oh, if yeah, one he definitely game, knows the whole thing like this. If one game is dictating one way or the other, then you make a mistake. Don't be like Baltimore, where it's like they let they let a Super Bowl in like a month of good play. Cripple their franchise for like the next six years. Like, don't don't do that. And, and I would hope people in Dallas are smart enough to not do that. But it's Dallas. It's kind of like you're gonna pay him, so it shouldn't. But you know what he is. My whole thing is he is he works as long as everything around him works. There's nothing wrong with that. He is my whole thing is he's not gonna beat you by himself. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the type of quarterback he is. And it's not even like an Ezekiel. It's not just an Ezekiel Elliott thing. The Cowboys are bad when Tyron Smith does not play. Uh, yeah, and I'm starting to see that more and more. Cause I was just like, "Yo, what the hell?" I, yeah, that's. I mean, not- you were going against Aaron Rodgers, and you know, Aaron Rodgers is just going to do Aaron Rodgers things, and and <laughs> that first half just got out of control for the Cowboys. It just got way out of control real fast. And once uh, Aaron Rodgers get a lead, it's, it's tough. Look, if Aaron Rodgers has a running game, and he had a running game that day, Oof. I ain't beating them. I ain't beating Green Bay. Like, Aaron Aaron Jones was getting off, and they can, Dallas could not stop him at all. It's like, you can't stop the run. You're not stopping the pass. And once they got the lead, I'm like, this is a wrap. Like, you know how many things – they had to go out for Dallas for them to get back in the game. They getting fluke penalties. <laughs> he underthrow a ball that just happened to land there. They had two straight plays that was an interception that got turned, you know, turnover because of like whistles. Like no, one was a fumble and then one was an interception. Like like Dak Prescott threw three. He really threw like five. Two of them got overturned because of penalties. And I'm like, you just can't keep like over and over. You just can't keep don't treating the ball like it's a lamb, like it's a hand grenade. And that's the whole thing. Like when they got to come back and they got to play shootout, they are not 
they don't got a shootout team. Like it's Amari Cooper and it's just a whole like you really think Jason Witten's gonna lead you to the victory. Them eight yard routes, them eight yard outplays can only do so much. And that's the problem with the Cowboys. They are built for a team where they get the lead, their defense gets to do their defensive things and grind it out, keep, you know, Dak Prescott out of trouble, and it's fine. You take you take away a few of those pieces, like if something as great as that line is, and that line is very good, you take out Tyron Smith, that line falls apart. Because because Dak was getting the crap kicked out of him. I'm mm-hmm. like, what happened? You know, like Lel Collins got all that money, and he he was getting flat on his ass after game you watching. You know, like Zeke can only do so much, and if you because basically you know you focus on Zeke, all you got to worry about is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper had a hell of a game, wasn't enough. Yeah, it, that's the dirty secret about great receiver play. You have to be an amazing wide receiver to overcome a bad offense by yourself. That's like you. You just can't be good. You have to be because it's too many. That's the that's the dirty secret about wide receiver play. It's great, but oftentimes it's great in a vacuum. It's not enough. It's not enough to just do it by yourself. Like a running back, maybe because you can control the clock. You can control the you know the pace of the game. So you can win games if you got a bad offense. If you just run over and over again, if the running back's good enough, a wide receiver, it is it's tough. It's tough because all it takes is an interception. That's all it takes. Or, or, you know, a deflection or a fumble. That's all it takes. And it's, and it's just a lot of margin and room for error. And that's what the Cowboys want, you know. And Jerry Jones is like, this is the team we are because we beat up a bunch of bad teams. We lost to some good teams. He's up front. And, and he knew if everybody was saying, oh, leave the Cowboys are back. I'm like, y'all beat, like, you playing on a schedule. Y'all beat a bunch of JV teams. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, come on! It's a it's an amazing thing um, watching just the cowboy fans on social media because when they're up, they're up, but when they're down, they are down. It's the league's fault. The lead, <laughs> imagine that! Imagine that the league don't want the Cowboys to win. Imagine that the NFL doesn't want their most valuable team on the planet to be successful. But you know, you have people. I, I don't know why people be saying that. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. I'm like, Jerry Jones is like the most powerful owner in the NFL. Basically. Like the Cowboys are the most are the most valuable team on the planet. Like, what are we talking about? This whole day one, they trying to hold the Cowboys down. Are you insane? I'm like, are y'all insane? That's <laughs> like it's the Cowboys. Like, no. It behooves them for their highest-rated games are always. Why, why do you think the schedule was the way it was last week? You know, it was only like two Sunday, two four o'clock games. Yeah. Because one, the Cowboys always get the highest ratings, and they play the Packers, who also get high ratings. So it's like we're not going to try to have anybody else compete because everyone's going to be watching that game anyway. And that other game was the other game. What was it Denver and Los Angeles? That game was just dull. So. So that's why you had like nine games in the morning. Like, yeah, so it's like nobody's nobody's hating. Like Cow it's a lot of people that make fun of Cowboy fans and the team, but the league ain't hating on the Cowboys. Like, give me a damn break. Well, I can tell you somebody else who was getting some hate and they got him up out of there. That's Jay Groove. Because he's out of there in Washington. 
Yeah, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> his whole Jay Gruden had his warts. This whole well, I ain't really want. I really wanted Daniel Jones because he fits my offense. Because my offense is a time and offense. And look what I did to Andy Dalton. I'm like, brain my Andy Dalton. They ain't, they ain't saying much. <laughs> I mean, like they swear like Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden was this mastermind. You know what's funny? Think you know. You know they had Kyle, they had like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt Lafleur, all on that coaching staff. Yeah, all three of them, and whatever you know, Matt Lafleur to be determined. But I'm like, we know what Sean McVay would do, can do. We know what Kyle Shanahan can do, and they pick Jay Rubin, and it's just like that team will never win as long as Dan Snyder's the owner, never. It don't matter what they do. And that's the way that you know what, and I've heard that numerous times from different people. It's the like, yeah, it's starting to, I'm starting to believe it now. No, because it's different. It's different between being a lazy owner and a cheap owner. He's a bad owner that actively gets involved in football decisions, and that's a problem. Like they'll take a step forward, and then he can't help himself, and he just get rid of things and change things. Like, and he can't. You know how many people they bought in try to make things right. And it hasn't worked. You know how I many chances they had and it hasn't worked. And they just he just actively bulldozed their chances. The rest is already a horrible organization to begin with. Let's I always make fun of them. Like, let's not forget, you know, they were getting in trouble for basically human trafficking their cheerleaders and pimping them out. Like that was a story people don't talk about anymore. And yes, that happened. They basically try to make you know, try to slander one of the XGMs like, you know, he was a drunk and he was drinking on the job. They try to, you know, they that team is a disaster run by a bully, a real bully, not how you call me. And oh, so, and you know, some of the coaches they want Eric Bieniemy, <laughs> Brian Leftwich, Mike. You really, I would if I'm a black coach, it ain't no way. Mike Tomlin, you really think Mike Tomlin dealing with the Redskins? Like I know he dealt with some racism in Pittsburgh, and I know Washington Chocolate City. If I'm Mike Tomlin, ain't no way in hell I'm take I'm going anywhere near that organization. <laughs> yeah, and I see a lot of people are really champion for that, and I'm just like, don't do it <laughs> because it's kind of like Mike Tomlin, contrary to belief, is a very good coach. He has been for a long time. A black good coach in D.C., you know, has a lot of value. D.C. is D.C. But if he's not in control of everything and he get meddled with, it don't make a difference. I don't care who I don't care who it is. You get Bill Belichick at 49 and put him there. If he got to deal with the same GM and owner crap, you ain't gonna win. I don't care how good a coach you are. And you know it's a team that consistently good. The owner pays and stay out of the way. And the GM works with the coach and they're on the same page. The Redskins have an owner and GM that's doing their thing and they just hire people to just do whatever I tell them to do and they aren't good enough to get get away with that. And it brings me joy. <laughs> it brings me a whole lot of joy because it's like, yeah, this was a good week because everybody else in the NFC East lost and <laughs> they called Jay Gruden at like 5 in the morning come to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you could have sent me a text? I'm like, 
Yo, he, he made me come up here. And he was smart enough. He knew. Man, you 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 mail it to me. What you gonna you fire me anyway? What you gonna do if I don't come in? Exactly. He should have said, "Oh, y'all letting me go. All right, I, y'all, I'm All not right. coming. I don't need to come." Well, I, I had my phone. I had my phone on vibrate. <laughs> so well, that's what he normally come anyway. No, no. It ain't. If I'm getting called this early, I already know what's up. I'm like, get to it when I get to it. Like we all been there when our job calls because somebody else called in, called in sick, and it's oh, like we need you. Yeah. Like, oh, I slept through that. You know damn well you didn't sleep through it, but you saw that number. You saw what time it was, and you was like, you know what? My name Ben, and I ain't in it. Hmm. Roll right over. So, but it is one more game I want to talk about. That's the Browns and 49ers. Oh, um, buddy. I saw I was going to end it, too. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Yeah, Baker Mayfield, he going to have to chill out. <laughs> the, the league, when they say the league will humble you quick, Ain't even humble. It's like I don't know if it's his fault. They act like they've never played together. Like the offense just looks jacked up, and I'm like, they got too much talent, too many skill players just be looking that bad. And I know Baker Mayfield's not trash. They made him out to be the second coming, and I'm like, oh, they got overhyped. I'm like, they had an okay season, and they got Odell Beckham Jr. had a you know, and Jarvis Lynn, like this, the offensive talent was just seen like, even if the defense you weren't worried about, and the defense had been fine, you would think like, you know, at least eight and eight, nine and seven, and they get mollywopped. Mm-hmm. Like, and, San Fran dug in they ass. <laughs> and I was like, damn, your main bulls are really hold, hold, holding that thing from college? <laughs> like, you, you really you really still mad about Y'all millionaires now. Cut that out. <laughs> Uh, oh, Richard Sermon brought that up tomorrow. You know, he didn't shake our hand. He bringing that old college shit and everything like that. And it's like, you know, it's about respect. You know, at the end of the game, we play against each other. It's still like a respect for your opponent. And you're doing this old childish shit. So, yeah, you pissed us off. We put it on you. Like, like you ain't like you ain't done. He like, it's like said, you ain't done nothing yet. You know, I can see he was Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes wouldn't do that either. <laughs> Basically, he was raised better than that. That's the yeah. thing. Baker Still brings out the worst of people because he's an arrogant white guy that's good but not great. So it's fine as long as you just like you know Conor McGregor got got away with that till he till he got knocked out. Like you can be arrogant all you want as long as you win. When you don't consistently win, people waiting for you to fail. Like they actively rooting for you to fail because it's like. You know, contrary to belief, just because he's not six foot four, he ain't an underdog. No, 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 he's not an underdog. I mean, I know people like to make it out like Cam will tell you with the quickness. Like he's pointing out, like ain't nothing underdog said about Baker Mayfield, Mr. Heisman Trophy winner <laughs> from a family that had money, then didn't have money, but still went to a good school and did went to a great college after going to a couple other colleges. So. Yeah, and it's San Francisco the- showed how, show how you run the ball because Kyle Shanahan, whatever his faults are, and I'm starting to think it wasn't him, it was Atlanta. He knows his business when it comes to offense. And another thing about Baker Mayfield is that you can't, you have to, you have to, you have to just show respect because you're going to win and you're going to lose in this league. And 
yeah, you got a great team. Yeah, you got this type of energy where you really to stand up for your team and fight for your team. But come on, bro. Like just shake the dude. Shaking the shaking hands ain't nothing. Yeah, I'll I'll say this about respect. That it's overrated, but you can get you can't get away with when you you can you can do whatever you want as long as you win. That's the lesson I've I've learned in life. When you win, you can make the because you see how Bill Belichick acts like a dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people just laugh. Oh, he shouldn't act that way, but it's fine because he wins. You that when you lose, you get fired. You get called a chump, and like you know, nothing people. He dancing around. He got a chip on the shoulder. Oh, Rex Ryan had nothing to do with his win. He had nothing to do with that loss neither. <laughs> like, keep that same. That's the whole thing. If you can keep the same energy when you win and lose, you're fine. And some players can. And some players, when they lose, they start getting all pouty. Oh, I ain't fair. Y'all bullying me. That ain't how it works. <laughs> can't have it both ways. You can't be all Billy Badass till you get knocked down. Then all of a sudden, it's like, you know. We need to we need to have a dialogue about sensitivity in the NFL. Like, no, you just take that L, and he he been taking L's. And mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, somebody, you know, somebody said the Browns are always gonna be the Browns no matter who they get. This is the true meaning of the shit that look good on paper ain't always sweet once it's played out. Because uh, this ain't what I thought at all. It's what he might thought. It's, it's the offense. And it's not just it's not the skill talent. It's kind of like they Baker Mayfield has some sloppy tendencies that he hasn't worked out. But they just play like I've watched them a few times. They just play like they don't they're not on the same page. And it's October. Y'all need to be on the same page. Y'all gonna get left behind in that division dicking around like that. Like and I still don't know what to make of San Francisco. Me either. I'm just like they're they're undefeated and I just still don't know exactly if I believe it <laughs> and yeah. it's going to play out differently pretty soon I mean because it's one it's San Francisco you still aren't they got people but it's kind of like if you don't watch the 49ers you don't know what people they have like George Kittle is a top three tight end mm-hmm. could be like one or two how many people know that like you know you may not know like Richard Sermon still plays at a high level people probably people I thought he was washed up and done People thought that when San Francisco got like, oh, it's a wrap. He signed this bad contract. He bet on himself. Like, he's doing just fine. Like, they have they have talent. Jimmy G, I still don't know. I mean, Jimmy I, don't, G? I don't know. Yeah, he, he's there. But it's like they maximize their talent. They just ran down. They ran down the Browns' throat. And the, when you can control the clock, you control the line of scrimmage, it's a wrap. All you got to do is avoid mistakes. So but, but it's hard. They play the same. They play in the same division with the Seahawks and the Rams. So yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, the Rams are what the Rams are. They got their own issues. Yeah, you know um, how I feel about them. The C- Russell Wilson is basically the MVP, and we gonna start to have a dialogue about when we had top QBs. They don't mention him, and he top. If he he basically third, depending on how you feel about Aaron Rodgers right now. You know why they don't bring him up? No, it's no, it's not even that. It's they he's always been labeled as like a system QB. That's what I'm saying. Some- not it had to do with his race. I just think it has a lot to do with people still had this notion of well, it's a it's a defense and running team, which so it sort of is. But 
Russell Not Bell. Anymore. Yeah, Russell Bell. Ru- Russell's throwing the ball around, man. He could throw the ball with the best of them. Russell was throwing the ball since Jump Street. It wasn't like they wasn't throwing the ball because they couldn't. They just was this whole, we're going to run Marshawn Lynch into the damn ground, <laughs> and then we're going to still play the same way even when Marshawn Lynch leaves. It's kind of like they didn't – it's like he's always been good. They just didn't think he was that good. They just thought like, oh, he's he's good. I'm like, if he was like six th- – if he was six foot two, six foot three, he would have got drafted first round, mm-hmm. and we had conversations. And it doesn't bother me anymore, but for a long time it bothered me because I don't know if you know the story. The Eagles were going to draft him. And Russell Wilson was like, he said a story like, he went to Andy, said, Andy Reid, if you draft me, we go into the Super Bowl and win it. And right before the Eagles, they was like, okay, we going, we can get a chance. We can get him later because he's short. And right before they won draft him, Seattle did. And the Eagles got Nick Foles. Ooh. Now, Nick Foles has an interesting career, and he has a Super Bowl, and Eagles fans will always cherish that. Can you imagine Andy Reid and Russell Wilson mm-hmm. with like Sean McCoy and Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. back then? Can you um? Because you see where Andy Reid does with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So imagine that, like, and I'm—I mean, I, I like—I love Carson Wentz. I don't, it doesn't bother me more. I always wonder about that. Like, they got two—if they would have drafted in the second round, they wanted to be all slick. And it's too many times. Like, if you know he's there and this is like your franchise QB, don't be too cute. Like, just and boy, a lot of teams, a lot of situations be different because Andy Reid probably would not leave Philly. He probably, oh, he, he, probably still, yeah, he, he might still be on the Eagles. Pretty, pretty much. And y'all and, will be contenders every year. Yeah. And it's just funny, like, Kansas City plays out a lot differently. Yeah, it does. Do they do they even get do they even draft Patrick Mahomes? Or are they just happy with like, you know, are they happy with Alex Smith going nine and seven? Yeah, Doc, if I had to guess, they'd be happy with Alex Smith. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's just, you know, I tend to try not to get in a rabbit hole with stuff like that, but I do that sometimes. And before we go, you know, it's a football show, I wanna leave on a basketball note. Because preseason just started. I'm not going to talk about the Houston-China thing because we talk about that later. Except for, like, money Trump is all. People know that. They try to make it more complicated than it is. It ain't complicated. The NBA likes money. They don't give a damn about rights if it messes with the money. All these smart analysts trying to make it more complicated. Like, come on now. If substitute Hong Kong for Black Lives Matter and see how the conversation – and then see how you defend it the same way. No, because we saw what happened. So stop talking nonsense. I will just say this as far as like a rabbit hole and what could have been. You know, can you imagine Milwaukee Bucks if they had Jonas and Joel Embiid? <laughs> yeah, actually, they, they could have drafted him. Nothing else had to change. They picked Jabari Parker instead. Shit. I mean. People get on Cleveland for like, you know, getting Andrew Wiggins and trading him to get Kevin Love for LeBron James. And then it's like, you know, can you imagine LeBron James and Joel Embiid? And it's like LeBron wasn't going to wait on that. 
So that's fine. I get the reason behind that. Although mm-hmm. that would have been something. But Milwaukee is like, you could have waited. They weren't in a rush. Joel Embiid was right there. The only reason he dropped the third is because he had his back injury. It wasn't even a foot thing yet. Because he otherwise he'd been first. And people go on the Sixers because they say, you know, they could have had Chris Stops, Pozink. They could have it's a universe where they have Ben Simmons, Chris Stops, and Joel Embiid. I don't, but it's kind of like if they get Chris Stops, they don't, they probably don't get Ben Simmons because they're probably too good for that. So that's kind of like that argument. I'll go there. It's an easier argument that Milwaukee could have had both of them because all they had to do was pick him. Man, how the league would look now. Man, oh man. That's crazy. Yeah, I always think about that because NBA is about to start and how teams happen because. How do you feel about your team? Mm, like I always feel about my team. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always excited at the beginning of the season, but get to, you know, I feel like we, no, got, have, I feel like we young. Like I said, we got a young team, but, you know, we'll see how it go this year. You do have a different general manager that's more like forward thinking. You know, Rosas has a good rep, analytics driven reputation. You don't have Tom Thibodeau anymore, so – I'm sure that helped car off the town. I look at the team and I was like, it's potential there. You know, Carl Anthony Towns can still be you know better. What the, problem is. the problem is Wiggins. He hasn't re- he he we gave him a lot of money to thinking that he was gonna be something that he's not. He's supposed to be the next coming of Kobe. Yeah, right. You wanna know why? Cause he if you look at him and you see his highlight reel, yeah. You can see it, because he's got the prototypical wing body. Mm-hmm. He's got great athleticism. Like, everything, like, on paper. He's Billy Gunn. Everything on paper looks great. Soon as that ball goes up, it's kind of like, it just goes out the window. Because people are like, oh, the, what about the points? I'm like, he do a whole lot just to put up some empty points, and he doesn't really do anything else. And he has the skill set to do other stuff, and he just does not do it. And y'all could have just did that with Zach Levine. Y'all just wanted some guy to just score. What, what, you're right about that. What I've noticed about Wiggins, too, the games I watched the last year, especially last year, was it's the effort, too, bro. It's like sometimes he's so disengaged on offense and defense. I'm just like, uh, why are you even out there? But we'll see how Check. this season goes. Yeah, so we will see because it is the West and, you know, no expectations. It's going to be tough out there. As a Sixer fan, it's funny because this is the first year where it's like, you know, they're a contender and everybody knows. And it's just weird because Truth be told, on paper, this is probably the best team they had top to bottom since, like, the Moses Malone, Dr. J Sixers. Uh-oh. Like, that team, and one, it's, they don't have to worry about, like, in, you know, it's not we learn on the fly or we get somebody midseason, we get somebody midseason again. It's like everybody's on the same page, everybody's paid. Everyone's on a plan. Like, they have a mix of, like, youth and veteran skills, and people still worry. But, you know, it's kind of like people still worry about Joel Embiid's health, and people still worry about Ben Simmons' jumper. I'm not saying anything. 
I'm just going to watch because it's just funny getting to this point. Because I've for years I've heard all the arguments about how tanking is bad and the process failed and look what happened Mark Markel Fultz and blah, blah, blah. Who's actually looked, looked uh, decent in preseason. I hope Markel Fultz does, does well. I always laugh like people know why they made that trade. It was a it was a wise trade that fit the team. No one would have thought he just for you know. I still don't know what happened. Smarter people than me may know. God bless them. It was not. It was no longer going to work here, so they had to move on from that. But I'm like, I look at the, the team, the bench, and they're like, it's it's funny. Like you listen to people. People know the Sixers are going to be good. It's either the Sixers or the Bucks, and it's still this whole. But you know, maybe you sure about Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and I'm like. If the Sixers had a decent backup or Joel Embiid doesn't get sick, the Sixers probably win the damn title. They lost game seven Toronto and Toronto off a, a fluky ass bounce. Mm-hmm. That's how close that's how close they were. Mm-hmm. And they're better long term this year than they were last year. And but Milwaukee you, got worse. But see, this is gonna well, I guess we will keep going. Uh I'm trying to figure out what is the issue with people in this whole Simmons and uh, MB can't play together? Because basically they feel like, I, I get where it comes from. They just ignore the results. Basically, they figure like Ben Simmons is best as a small ball five that gets to run around. Because people still don't see him as a point guard. They're like They want to turn him into Draymond Green. He's a small ball five that likes to run and get in pace, put him around four shooters, and he'll be fine. Joel MB is a big man that likes to take his time, put him around four shooters, and it's fine. The two, the main issue is Ben Simmons doesn't shoot, so people focus on that. Mm-hmm. So it's like space is a thing, and it's like Ben Simmons. He said he's gonna shoot more. We'll see. I'm like, they still won fifty something games. They still mollywop teams when they play together. Like people focus on what Ben Simmons can't do. I'm like, he's already an all star. He's already you know getting all defense votes. He said his goal this year he wants to be the best defensive player on the team. Um, Joel Embiid was second in defensive player of the year voting. So you got players that's focused on defense. And, you know, Joel's like, if I got to shoot threes to space it out, fine. He's at the point now where it's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, load management, diet to win. I'm done with all the nonsense. Like, everybody's focused on winning now. And then you put him around for like, I'm, I used to make. I used to make jokes about Al Horford. Al Horford just knows what he's like. Bobby Eaton, he just knows what to do mm-hmm. and work at all time. And I just I was watching like a scrimmage game. And I'm like, you got to watch him to realize how good he is. And I was like, he just knows exactly where to be and what to do at all times. And having him as kind of like a partner and a backup when Embiid's not playing, that's like a luxury. So I'm not worried. Barring injury. I ain't worried about the Sixers one bit. I'm just gonna laugh and it's like, oh, I didn't know the Sixers was gonna be this good. It's like, okay, y'all, y'all, yeah, that's right, because y'all said Jokic is the best center in the league. Um, they ain't taking him beat out in crunch time like they taking him out in crunch time because of defense. But I know he a fat guy that pass. So y'all, so y'all like that. So I'm just looking forward to this season, and I'm just gonna sit, sit and watch and watch NBA Twitter. People, oh, oh I knew the Sixers could do this. I didn't know. Like, all right. <laughs> like, like, okay. Like, and it's just funny because this is the first year in a long time where it's kind of like they should go to the finals. 
they, you know, I can't remember the last time I, even when Iverson was there, it's kind of like when he went, it was a surprise. Even when they were like the best team that whole year in the East, this year is like ain't no surprise. People know, but people, but people still, not, people are still not sure because they just have a carrot and stuff. They kind of hedging. They better hope Ben Simmons never shoots a jumper. Yeah, that's all I got. If, if that happens, it's gonna be trouble. It's if he ever has a decent, reasonable jump shot, it's a damn wrap because it, it'd be no way to stop that team at all. So, yeah, we shall see. It's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, on that note, uh, next week will be completely different because one of us is going to be happy and the other one is going to be mad. And the person who's going to be happy is probably going to be talking shit because it's the Eagles and the Vikings, and we will be breaking down that game. We play at 1 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You hear that? Skull. I like it better when Carolina Panthers do it. Oh. I mean, not the Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes in hockey. They stole it from you guys after you stole it from wherever you stole it from. You know what's funny, though? I used to be a Vikings fan. What? No. You want to know why? Because Cunningham, when Cunningham was there. And I'm like, the Vikings were cool. You had Cunningham, Chris Carter, and Moss that year, Fat 15 one year. The Vikings were like a rock star team. I was so damn disappointed when they when they lost to the Falcons. Yeah, you had no idea how. And I'm like, I can imagine if I was like living in Minnesota. I was rooting for the Vikings. I'm like, this, I'm like, Randall gonna do it for the hood. He gonna, you know, a black QB gonna bring it home. That team, because they would have won the Super Bowl. I always say we would have won. I, you know what? You're bringing up bad memories. I'm getting upset. Look, I have the same feeling about the Eagles when they lost to Tampa Bay. Because, like, in the NFC Championship game in Philly, when Tampa Bay never won in the cold to that game. Because, like, if they won, they would have won the Super Bowl. And, boy, Dominic, it's a whole different argument about a lot of things. Dominic Nabb probably in the Hall of Fame. Man, we had a geez, before before the Rams had the super offense. We had Malls, Carter, Reed, Robert Smith, and Randall Cunningham at quarterback. Jesus, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is and a good defense. Yeah, that team was just mock because they Randy Moss was just a cheat code. They just had no idea like somebody that tall, that fast, that can jump with hands. They had no idea what to do. Oh well. That sometimes happens. Thanks a lot, Shahid. Yeah, I got to think about that. Anyway. You're welcome. End the show. <laughs> we'll be out back next week, and we are out. Peace. <laughs>